The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Couture, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey, welcome to the winemakers, everybody. I'm John Myers. I'm sitting here with Sam Couture Hello. from 16600 and Brian Casey from Sante. How you doing, gentlemen? And also Steve Law from McLaren Tasting. Steve. Good evening. <laughs> Steve-o. Oh, yeah, really. <laughs> and we are... Steve Arino, actually. Steve Arino. Steve Arino <laughs> no. with the Scottish accent off the hook. <laughs> that's that's uh, great. Yeah, I'm totally going to Can you do that? that? You know? Steve Arino. Steve Arino. With a Sean Connery accent. <laughs> well, we're having fun today. We're, uh, again, broadcasting from McLaren Tasting the Lounge. and we Bustling have... on a Thursday afternoon in May, McLaren right. Tasting Lounge. Nice. Got some action a, in here. Nice crowd of young people in here enjoying the wine, having a good time, nodding in our general direction. Yeah, <laughs> these nice ladies are from Maine. Live Maine. podcasting. There you are. <laughs> it's the modern world, man. This is the way it is. Do you ship to Maine, Steve? Yes. Ah, oh, good. Good answer. <laughs> my, my carrier pigeons go that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, last uh, show we were talking just about inexpensive wines, where to find them, and of course, uh, I want to make sure now that I make sure <laughs> that we know Sam's... Uh, address online is it's 16600 spell out 16 yeah, so, so it's winery 16600 uh, 16 the word 600 the number there you go yeah, and that took me a while for the wine list oh it's to, a pain to, in the ass on the wine list of, it, it's hard to say people have a hard time remembering it it's uh, yeah. a great business decision. yeah can you can yeah. we shorten that it's just 16600 can we call it yeah this is a SS. Uh, Uncle Bob's be a problem to call it here. SS. Uh, yes. With yeah. a stand. Uh, my, my, my Uncle Bobby, Robert Kamen, calls it uh, 16 Boo. 16 what? 16 Boo. 16 Boo. Because if you look on the label, it kind of, where's the label? You, you know, know it kind of looks right like 16 Boo. He's well, a marketing genius. Yeah, that would sell boo. wine right there. 16, 16 Boo. Yeah, you're kicking it with the Boo. Hey, where, where's my Boo thing? Yeah. Where's my Boo right. at? Where's my Boo at? All right, give me that Boo. You've got Stanley Moss label here. Stanley Moss. Stanley Moss, who did all the Grateful Dead stuff. It goes back to when I was like 12 years old. He was doing, doing hot rod. Hot rod. Yeah. yeah. I'm pinch how, doing how cool is with that? Rat fink. So. Yeah. And Steve Law. We are. I, I want to make sure. Yeah, before my time, too. <laughs> well, I, I, I read the, about I'm it on the, the old computer. computer. <laughs> okay. Give me that. So. Um, your uh, address online McLarenWine.com. And that's M A C. M A C. Capital L A R E N. Perfect. Yes. And I normally have to spell the letters out phonetically because <laughs> my E's and A's sound about the same. Yeah, no, McLaren never gave me a problem. It was Your the, A's and A's, was, uh, that just sounded like the same. It's <laughs> McLaren. M-A-C. I wonder why we had a problem with that. It takes me back to our own Rangers taste. And I was my doing, E's I was, and my A's. I, I was on the panel. <laughs> I was on the panel at Rune Rangers one year, and they were asking me about you know the, um, the specifics of Cool Climate Syrah. Could I explain to people... Um, the, the specifics and so I started talking about the, the hairball characteristics the hairball that, and that's exactly, that's exactly what people it. thought I said was hairball and I said no hairball hairball there's a difference I, I still don't know where, there's a difference herbal <laughs> so herbal characteristics herbal not, not hairball herbal 
God. <laughs> so we've, now that we have those two out and on the table, okay, we've been drinking also. So, I mean, we've been uh, diving into some McLaren Viognier and McLaren Syrah and some 16600 uh, Syrah also. Um, rosé, This is this a Grenache rosé? Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir rosé, okay. Pinot Noir. And... Uh, and then Brian Casey to my right. Uh, yes, sir. How's everything going, buddy? Everything's going well. I've got um, about six bottles open in front of me, so I'm a happy camper. We've got rosé, white, red. Uh, this little is bit of what everything you do represented. best, though. Um, we call you. this Thursday in Sonoma. Thirsty Thursday. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thirsty Thursday. <laughs> well, you know what? Happy. And we're not. We're not drinking. We're tasting. Yes. Yes, yes we are. I'm drinking. Brian's drinking. Well, <laughs> I haven't spit anything out yet. Oh, I did pour something. I'm sorry about that. But, you know, I'm, all right, I'm, I'm tasting. You guys are drinking. Well, Sam, you, you know, you, you tore your ACL. Sam's yeah, got a balance on I'm, one leg. I'm, balance, yeah. I'm balance impaired at the moment anyway. That's yeah, perfect. I, I, I got to make it back to the parking lot. We don't want you <laughs> skiing in any more vineyards. No, no more no, vineyard no. skiing for me. <laughs> <laughs> so today we wanted to talk about uh, McLaren wine specifically. Now, your vineyards, uh, where you where you're sourcing all your fruit, what and what the terroir is like there, what what the, the geography is, and uh, the fruit that you get, and how you make such damn good wines. Because and how did a Scotsman make his way to Sonoma? There you go. I rode. I rode. I rode. Is there a road from Wait, a road or you? No, rode. I rode. Yes, okay. it's so much faster than swimming. <laughs> Uh, no- Northern Passage, Panama Canal. How did you get to Sonoma? <laughs> Via Iceland. All right. So, so you actually worked for Hewlett Packard in France for a while. I did. And you were selling. It's a small uh, company. Working for. Yeah. Just Out of a, a garage company. in Palo Alto, right? Yes, yeah. yes exactly. Uh, and you were on the. Uh, uh, Computer side, not on the printer I was, side. Yes. I mean, because me being a photographer, I loved uh, their printers. I'll say that. Uh, I wish I could have my old one back. But uh, nonetheless, how did you get into wines? Just tasting them Drinking. over in there Drinking you go. copious quantities of alcohol. It's a mileage sport. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, and I. <laughs> I've never heard it described as that, but I I love that. I can, a mileage sport. Well, yeah. It, 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 the more. Does rowing count? Does rowing count? Yes. Well, you, you, I'm sure you had to drink a lot of wine to row across the Atlantic, Steve. Uh, no, it, it's um, the more you get to taste, the more opportunity you have to taste different things, the same things over and over again, uh, the mileage, you know, sort of literally in the, like, how far away a wine you can, you know, how far away is the wine that you're taking, drinking coming from, you know, drinking French wine, drinking South American wine, drinking Australian wine, drinking... California wine, drinking Virginia wine, the, the mileage, um, the experience that your palate gains in those processes is what um, you know allows you to. That, that's where your education comes from. You can read all the books you want uh, on wine that's right. and not know anything. Yeah. That's where Brian has been so valuable. Yeah. I mean, God, you've turned me into so many great wines. Thank you, sir. Seriously, I mean, it, whether they've been, you know, I mean. Brian K. South African. Wine I remember uh, you really liked that South African uh, I, red that we had for a while. What yeah. the hell was that name? The uh, oh, we called it the, the something the bamboo the well, the bamboo and selfie yeah, one. Yeah, the, 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 the bamboo. The, the property bamboo. had a bunch of cameras out because they were losing sheep, and so they wanted to know what was going on. And 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 then uh, big game. They it yeah, yeah it was yeah. this South Africa. There was, I mean, there was yeah. some big game taking down their stuff, but 
but the mo the most pictures they got were these baboons that were coming right up to the cameras, and so they had all these <laughs> selfies that they were posting on their website. Hey, it's nothing like uh, was it the pick pool that was uh, rolled around by the sharks in the ocean? And the uh, pick pool stuff, aged man. underwater in a shark tank. But um, there you go. That's cool. Yeah, I've, it's heard, of, be I've heard about people doing that. And you're like the tide and the current kind of helps a natural so, batonage, if you will. A natural batonage, if you will. I, I will not. <laughs> they will not allow us to do these things here in California, but in France, uh, it, uh, France or South Africa. It's like Aquavit from Norway. Have you ever heard about Aquavit in Norway? I, I have not. So I've, Aquavit, I've had Aquavit. Aquavit. Yeah, I've had that. So there was the, 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 they made Aquavit in Norway for many, many centuries, and they, it always tasted like jet fuel. And then one day, they actually put it on a boat to send it down to one of the southern countries, and the boat got lost, and it got lost at sea, and it actually crossed the equator. And then it came, they decided when they crossed the equator, they realized that they, they needed to turn Oops. left and go back. <laughs> so they turned left and went back, and it went back to Norway. And the people swore that the aquavit tasted different after that trip across the Atlantic hmm. and across the equator. And so now every single barrel of aquavit that's made is shipped across the equator and back to Norway. God, that's For the record, it still tastes like jet fuel, though. It does. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I passed a couple of boats when I was rowing across here. Oh, really? Did they, <laughs> did they send you a bottle? <laughs> that story sells bottles. Yeah, it does. It does. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Right. Well, can you imagine how much the aquavit doesn't sell? <laughs> it's pretty much like a grappa. Yes. I mean, it's... Except it that's tastes like jet duty. fuel. Heavy duty stuff. Well, grappa tastes like jet fuel. Yeah, it's the same sake. thing. You know, that and, and uh, Calvados? Oh. Those things I can't do. Let's, let's get back to Serrano. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, don't get me started on grappa. I can go, no. I can go for hours. But I actually agree very strongly with what Sam says about traveling. I, I've never thought about it with the mileage, but it's absolutely true. I totally agree with it. And it's one of the things that I spent 10 years living in France, and fortunately, I had a bunch of good friends who in, introduced me to wine. And we traveled everywhere. We went to Champagne, we went to the Loire, we went to Arbois, you know, in the, uh, in the eastern side. We went to, down to the Rhone, down the southern Rhone, Provence, areas. You only really get to understand wines when you taste them from different regions. And it's right. really an amazing yeah. thing. And yeah. going to those places doesn't hurt either. Oh, but, it helps. But it's very nice. you don't have to. You don't have the to. The wine world is, is small you? enough now. That if you know you don't have the means or the time, you can still taste wines from all of those places, and you can still travel there through an understanding and an appreciation of the totally. wine. I've I've never been to the Rhone Valley, um, but I know a lot about it because of you know you taste the wines, you become interested in the region, the geography, you know how different places kind of line up north and south and east and west, and and you know you start to see how those changes affect uh, affect the wines and that's when you know that's when uh, appreciation becomes obsession I guess. Uh, right this, yeah. this table to right now is evident of that fact we've got uh, 96 to 2016 pink white and red on the table right now and all over all over all, Sonoma County there you go. And, and, and France we and have, France. we have Bordeaux Right. We have Rhone. The only thing we're missing is a Burgundy. And no, then, we got a Pinot. We have a Pinot and, Rosé. Okay. And right. the, I mean, it's from Russian River, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a shiner. It's a, and it's a shiner. Yeah. It could be from anywhere. Um, <laughs> yes, it could. But it's got that beautiful foil on it. That, so. that is a nice little copper foil. Uh, there. I know that was five bucks. Five. Oh, probably, yeah. no, you're, no, you're not joking. The McLaren. <laughs> the McLaren bottles are absolutely beautiful. Thank you. There's yeah. a good friend of ours that actually designed the label. She's never done a label before. 
Um, They're probably why it's good. And Anna is actually, she's from Poland, and she's from Poland like I'm from Scotland. She's not like, well, my grandfather came across on a ship. No, she's, she's actually from Poland. She rode over in the boat next to you? Yep. Okay. She no, rode she, along, babe. Yes. <laughs> but she came up with this label. I gave her, obviously, a very strict design guidelines. I said to her it had to look cool, and that's it. Of course, it represents you. She she did two. One had a race car, and the other one had this. (laughs) It spelled differently. Spelled wrong, right? Yeah. Yes, and McLaren was spelled right. Actually, it's funny because she actually came up with. um, We her husband is a good friend, and I I worked with him when I was in tech, and he's Italian. She's Polish. Uh, Heather, my wife, is American, and I was Scottish. So we got together one night. We drank lots of wine, and we got creative. And this is what she came up with. It's fantastic. I mean. It's a good way to do it. It was. It yeah. was really. We find. We thought that. Yeah. So I let's dropped, do it again next week. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped into Jeff Cohn's new tasting room. Uh, opening this Saturday. Is it? Yeah, they got a lot to do if they're opening Saturday. But nonetheless, I talked to him yesterday. So. On, on the wall, they have a shadow box with a beautiful old vine. From the thickness of it, it's seventy-five hundred years old, and it goes up and branches out in a T, and then down below, they still have the root ball. So right where it goes below the soil. They've got a board, and then you see the entire root ball hanging down below. And they're actually going to put rocks in there so it looks like the actual terroir that this came out of. Cool. Absolutely stunning. Jeff, congratulations. I mean, that's Jeff Cohn, C-O-H-N. And I think it's J.C. Sellers. J.C. Sellers. That's the idea. You can go online for everything. You can go online for, for, you know, for Sam's wine, for Steve's wine. You can also go on for Jeff's. But you can also go on clubs and things that mix and match for you according to your taste. If you like, you know, if I wanted to taste a Bordeaux, then a Rhone, and then a Loire Valley wine, a Sancerre, something like that, and then a Burgundy, they'll put it all together for you. Send it to you. The, the, Custom clubs. Like I said, the world of wine, you know, though vast because of, you know, strong importers and good, you know, good people out there acquiring it and curating it for you. Um, you can be anywhere in the world and drink something from anywhere else in the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, maybe not some country where you're not allowed to drink alcohol. But at least if you live in America. Um, or Utah. Or Utah. God bless Utah and America. Huh? Let me say, let me tell you something about my friends in Utah. Uh, starving they, for good wine. They drink wine. They like really good wine. You just got to figure out how to get it there. They have to figure out how right. to get it there. A long tunnel. Long, uh, short drives to over the border to Wyoming. Wyoming makes a lot of money because Utah doesn't allow for uh, direct shipment of wine. Yeah. God love Park City. Steve, Park City's great. Your Syrah 2012 Syrah from Stagecoach. I have not had an opportunity to try that. Absolutely stunning. Love it. Now, you know, like twice a week, I go to lunch, go on the fig, sit at the bar with John Wilson, have lunch and two McLarens. And that's Samantha um, that they pour out the glass, right? Yes. And this is absolutely beautiful. Thank I w- you. wish I could get this everywhere. Well, yeah. Speaking of which, I think Steve has a uh, winemaker dinner this Saturday at uh, Sweet D, which is the Girl in the Figs event space over there on 8th Street East. Um, I, saw, I saw the notice the other day, and I was going to jump on it, and I got a quick response from Sonder Bernstein saying it was sold out. Sold out. Way uh, to go. Hey, you know, we could probably get you in, though, Brian, if you're going to do the dishes. We could get you in to do the dishes. <laughs> I've been told that before. If I if I want to, I feel dishes. like if I'm Brian gonna, has already washed every single one of those dishes at least <laughs> once in his life. And if I'm gonna, to if I'm gonna eat the dishes, <laughs> no, do the dishes. No way. Sorry, do the dishes in Scotland. That's you know what? It might be worth wash. it. It might be worth it. Yes. 
I could get you in, Brian. I'll get you in. On okay. the other hand, we're enjoying it right here in the tasting lounge, and you don't have to go over there yes. and do Bustling dishes. tasting lounge. People are bustling. Oh, yeah. They're bustling. stacking up big bags of wine to leave over there. It's a, it's a beautiful yes, sight. It's the, the greatest thing in the wine business we have the is people forklift. buying and leaving. We have the forklift part out back, too, so we can lift up pallets. <laughs> Take it right to your car. <laughs> we can lift up pallets into the back of cars and trucks and all sorts of things. <laughs> well, these ladies are flying back to Maine, and and you've got some other folks in here. So you know, everybody's. Uh, this is nice to see. I mean, it's just the it's beginning of the tourist season here in Sonoma. It's nice to see people out from out of town, out in the tasting rooms, um, buying wine. This yeah. is awesome. Well, we talked last episode about uh, McLaren and and their race car. The other the other spelling being. In the Indy 500. And I would like to actually maybe just do a very shameless plug to the, uh, if anybody from McLaren Formula One team or the supercar team are listening to this radio podcast, I am open to sponsorship. There you go. So I they'll sponsor you. Car. You yes. don't want to sponsor them. I will take a car. Okay. All right. It's, it's quite generous of you. It is. It's very gentlemanly. I just can't wait for, you know, Indy 500. That, that's, I grew up with that stuff. Yeah, so, you know, listen. That's the one where they drink milk at the end, right? Uh, they've changed that. Uh, when Emerson Fittipaldi, uh, who owns Orange Groves in South America, won, he he changed that whole. He drank orange thing. juice. Oh, drank orange <laughs> juice. Yeah. Now you can uh, drink breakfast. exactly what you want. <laughs> so. Jailhouse hooch. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Jailhouse hooch. Good. That's what you, you take. Never mind. Sounds on a roll today. He's actually on a roll. It's very good. So. So how long have you had, how long have you been a vintner and how long have you had the tasting room, Stu? So I started my label in 2007. That was the first vintage and we opened uh, our wee tasting room down in Sonoma here in 2013. Labor Day weekend, 2013. Oh, Labor Day. Yes. Excellent. So, yes. Perfect. I so worked you, on got Labor a, Day. You've got uh, several seasons under your belt. Yes. And uh, are you starting to see the tourists come earlier and et cetera? Because, I mean, this is a, a tourist town. And, but you notice it here. I mean, Chicago is a huge tourist town, too, and all these big cities. But you don't notice it because it's so crowded all, right, all the time. Right, the amount of tourists to residents yeah. ratio is, is different. No, and when the tourists show up in Sonoma, you know, it's uh, the greatest inconvenience. It's hard to drive around, but it they're is. here. They're supporting, you know, our economy. They're, uh, most of all, you know, like these folks in here today, they come Why out. They're having a good time. They... they come to a tasting room they taste they're not here to they're not partying i mean they're having fun but it's about trying wine going you know getting that mileage under your belt and and buying things that you like because that's the that's really the way to to learn about wine is to find wines that you like and if you find a wine that you like it's a good wine doesn't matter what any any tasting room manager or any critic or any writer or any Any, podcaster tells you if you like it it's good point scale that's right. the thing. You know, it's at 94 points. I see that a lot. It's like, I, I don't really care. But it's know? nice that people are coming out and it's, I mean, same for yourself, Sam. You're a small producer and stuff, and it's like, you know, you can't really get access to your wines elsewhere. And so it's nice right. that people actually come out to Sonoma to taste not just our wines, but other wines are from very small producers mm-hmm. where people have got a lot of passion uh, behind making the wine and you just can't find it in, in in the stores in different states and stuff and so the only way to really get a hold of that is to get the mileage and come out and actually see us no you know the the wine business is built such that uh, you know you and i steve truly can't afford to get our wine on the shelves of stores or even restaurants in most states i mean i'm i'm in new york maybe all we don't make enough either we just we don't make enough of it to satisfy the needs of those markets 
um, and and the prices that those that you need to have to get into there and the volume you need to have to make those prices work, we could never do it. So the only way, the only way that that you know three young ladies from Maine are ever going to taste McLaren Syrah is coming in here and, here. and yeah. tasting it, and right. and then they can buy it online when they get home. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Or tell their friends. And Steve, how did you decide to make the varietals that you make? So Syrah was my first love. I mean, that's, I lived in five years in the Northern Rhone, and that's where I fell in love with, with Syrah. I got to know a couple of winemakers uh, down there, Yves Cuillon, François Villard, and they, they turned, I just fell in love with Syrah, and I fell in love with that whole area. San Jose is my absolute favorite. Yep. And so that was really my first love, and that's why I wanted to, to start with Syrah. So the other varietals, I've uh, you know, been influenced by the women in my life. My mother first, because she's a, f- a super fan of uh, Sauvignon Blanc, so I made uh, the Sauvignon Blanc for my mum, and then quickly thereafter, because I had to make it very quickly thereafter, is my wife's favourite varietal is Pinot, and so I had to make a Pinot for her, because you know, yep. you can't make your mum happy without making your wife happy, so that's, that leads <laughs> to... Uh, and if you can do it simultaneously, yes, more power to you. Yes, I, right. I wish I'd figured that one out. And all you had to do was make them wine. If, yes. if only everything was so simple. Yes. <laughs> did you catch that? A line that he said I spent five years in Northern Rhone. I, I know. It's like, oh, by the way, I wouldn't have ever left. Kelly McAuliffe says hi. I don't know whether I told you that or not. No, Kelly, Kelly is one of the true great people in the world. He is. He is the ambassador. He, to the, he's to the only American Somme in France. Right. And um, he is a representative for all Rhone wines everywhere he goes in the world. And so, but anyway, we, we stayed with him and he wanted to make sure I said hi to you. So well, this is really the first well, chance I've had to say that. He probably said bonjour though. No, Kelly. Kelly's. Hello. I think it's Goodbye, right. Maine. <laughs> Peace, ladies. Uh, have a great time. No, Kelly, uh, Kelly is from Carson City, Nevada. Ah. Uh, made, you know, made his name, figured out the wine world working for Southern Wine and Spirits in Vegas, selling wine, and then became a sommelier, and now works. He's he's the the American sommelier in France. The, <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, he's he's an amazing palate. Uh, he, he developed his palate because um, he always he always he looks and he has this big big guy gravelly voice. Looked and sounded twenty five when he was fifteen, so everybody uh, would have him go buy the beer for them, and he it worked. What, what he would do is he'd buy the buy the beer that everybody else wanted and take whatever money he was making off it and buy something weird, buy a different weird beer, buy something interesting that he'd never had before. And you know, as a teenager in Carson City, Nevada, uh, developed his palate uh, off of underage drinking. So, so he actually turned his profits into research and development. Into research and development. Like yeah, absolutely. Yeah, why not? Well, I'm surprised that you didn't run into him because, Steve, you just got back from France and you were with that whole Rhone Ranger team Yep. Uh, with Vicky and, and Sandra uh, and, and, and Howard. That's right. John. Yeah. Claudia. Right. Yes, it was fun. It was really fun. Uh, we, we started down in uh, Avignon and um, worked our way up to uh, Empuy. And so it was four days of drinking and debauchery. Nice. Research and yeah, education. Research, sorry, I'm, I'm, did I say that out loud? That was the, that's the accent again, Steve. Yeah, you know that, that we rode the whole way too. That term a, a debauchery uh, comes from a guy named Deboucher, and he owned this giant castle. Well, it's in it's in the Loire area, and he was known for throwing these giant parties. And he had a little, you know, a, a big moat around his little village. So everybody who kind of worked with him, and he he would protect them as long as you know he was kind of little king there so he was known for throwing 90 day parties where they would send out for booze 
for more jambon and and fromage fromage and women and more booze more wine so yeah that's where the term that debaucher, was a, there was is debauchery. actually a debaucher and it was at his castle so i've i've got a beautiful photograph i've paid it. my respects to debaucher chairs <laughs> yeah. every weekend right yeah. not every weekend there's a time over to the count <laughs> ancestry.com are you related to, to the debauchers <laughs> i think so i think i'm meant to be <laughs> nice yeah so it was fun it was a lot of fun and we got to spend some time with uh the, with Eve and with Francois as well in the, the Northern Rhone got to see Eve's new winery which actually is the closest thing to winemaker porn I've ever seen oh totally that is lovely just <laughs> lovely it was just a wonderful experience got a, got a um, was I allowed to say that John? oh yeah right, absolutely. you can say whatever you want say anything you want believe me gosh I we're I clean as hell no so yes we got to, to visit his, uh, to his winery his new winery and it's just beautiful just absolutely gorgeous so you have one bottle of Syrah that you get to open for the, the last bottle of Syrah you get to open. What do you open? Ooh. Why just one? All right, good answer. Good answer. <laughs> All right, yeah. Your he, last, your last, your your top three, your three Syrahs that you open for your for your last meal. The Pierre Seche, All right. Cuiron, Saint Joseph, uh, Les Reflets, Saint Joseph. I'm a Saint Joseph. Yeah, 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 just love Saint Joseph. Yeah. Probably the last one would have to be. Hmm, That'd be difficult. Maybe a gangloff. Mm-hmm. A gangloff. Yeah. Uh, I love, I love and these are all from the same region? Yeah, I love Saint Joseph. Yeah. It's okay. my favorite. No, you wouldn't throw a shop in there? Yeah. Mm. I mean, you said three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are we talking debauchery now? We're going up to 90? <laughs> 90 days. Okay, you got your last case of Sarasi. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now we're talking a weekend's worth. At least a good night. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think I agree with Sam. No, there's there's so many different ways. I mean, that the thing is, is how could you distill it down to three? Or, I mean, it's it's tough because I mean, the more you think about it, the more wines you start thinking. Oh, Russian River, right? Oh, Dumal, Eddie's Patch. Or, oh, then you could start going. Oh, right, oh, right. It's all got a time and a place. The coast and oh yeah. yeah. And maybe what this sort of emphasizes is one of my favorite things about Rhone varietals in general, and, and Syrah certainly is is in that. I think Grenache too. Um, they're so expressive of place mm-hmm. that um, you can line up three Syrahs. And I mean, we could almost do that with the one that I opened and two of yours, three totally different vineyard sites, different style. And they're, they're certainly you're like, oh yeah, that's Syrah and that's Syrah, but they're so different. Totally different. They're totally different. And, and, and then you start bringing in San Joseph and then, you know, an Hermitage and, Cornas. you know, Co- Co- and a Cornas and something from Australia. And you're like, these are all the same grape, really? really? And yeah. and something that that amazing though? for every palate, for every meal, yeah. uh, for every style that you like. There's there's a Syrah out there in the world that you're gonna dig. Totally. And I openly admit that I'm biased, but I think that Syrah is the most food friendly wine exists. Yeah. You can go from a food wine that you could a Syrah that you can have with a fish, all the way up to a Syrah that you could have with barbecue ribs and. It's also the the red wine that handles the warmest temperatures, so mm-hmm. if, on, on service. So you, you don't have to you know worry about taking your Syrah on a picnic, 
and it getting to the temperature of you know the day if it's an 85 degree day mm. you know you're not going to be cooking it for too long but um you can pour that wine and it still tastes pretty good that's the weirdest fact i've heard about syrah really i thought you were going to talk about growing uh, no as far as <laughs> syrah service syrah. was pretty good and at heat but so as far as serving temperature, serving you're temperature, Syrah can Syrah can handle warm. So if you happens. have a restaurant that has no AC, Serve Syrah and you've got long. all the wine sitting out yeah. there on the floor, sitting on the, sh- you want it to all be Syrah. Want it to all be Syrah. Well, yes. McClellan, I'll Syrah. tell you a funny story though. <laughs> 1616. Uh, Joan collected um, silver oak from the 1990s and would always have a case sent to her New York apartment. And, More points. And we would, you know, <laughs> we would actually, you know, try and kill as much of it as we could. Uh, but we ended up, when she moved to Chicago with me, with 40, 50 bottles of Silver Oak that sat in our kitchen Left it in when, it, when it got up to 106 degrees outside that door. God knows what it was. I mean, the AC was on, et cetera. But you talk about how to incorrectly store a really good wine. And we did it, um, and we ruined it. I mean, it was the you know, we now two out of three bottles are bad, just yeah. bad. That's yeah, what it. is it? It's so light heat, and then what I heard the other day, which I had never heard before, as far as storing don't leave wine it in is, your car. Don't leave no, your dog in the car. Don't leave your wine no, in the car. No <laughs> dogs, no cars, no yeah. wine, no babies. No then, Scottish yeah. people either. I heard don't leave Scottish people in the sun, <laughs> <laughs> not unless you want them to disintegrate. They were instant the, cremation. The other day we were talking about storing <laughs> wine and, and it was it was it was light heat, obviously, no big swings in temperature, no light, but then it was smells or odors. So if so if you had a three cats in your house and you had a litter box that no, you no, really no, didn't no, want no, the no, wine no. to be around because that the, the corks would somehow absorb that ammonia smell from the cat's pee and somehow it's, I had never heard anyone say that before. That's disgusting and mm-hmm. gross but I think it's probably good for advice. Stainless steel Sauvignon Blanc I've ever had. Right, right. Uh, right. You got a New Zealand Ooh, this cat tastes like New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. You must have left it next oh, to uh, a cat litter. Uh, I'm dating the cat lady. She's got 12 cats. My, my thought on that though, on a serious note, Brian, is um, if you're maintaining your humidity right, then it shouldn't be a problem. Right. Because the cork wouldn't be porous enough to absorb the aromas of the world around it if the humidity is Shoot. in a in a place where they're you know they're nice and, and, and it's small. always humid in Chicago. It's always humid always. in Chicago. Well, yeah. you don't want too high. What they say was a fifty-five to seventy-five percent something like that. Yeah, you want it, you want it to side. about sixty percent humidity. Right. Sixty right. degrees, sixty percent humidity, and you could store right. wine for a long time. Yeah. Well, we didn't store it right, so everybody learned that. Most store people don't, don't have that capability, and you don't yeah. have you don't have to have. Um, you know, a $6,000 wine cellar. I mean, my buddy Ed in Chicago um, has, uh, you know, a little little countertop unit. Mm-hmm. And it, it stores everything just fine. I think he can put, you know, 24 bottles in it. Something the like key that. thing from this thing is if you get a Christmas present from John Myers and it's a bottle of Silver Oak. Silver Oak, don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's we'll a cook cooking wine. <laughs> no, I don't give that out anymore. So We did a nice vertical one night. And, and again, I mean, this is before it was all bad. I think one out of ten was you know, really bad. Huh. Now it's, you know, two out of three. I think wow. we but also, you know, if one you're left. Old wine and you open ten bottles of old wine and only one of them is over the hill or, you know, somehow gone, turned probably doing all right well, that's pretty i good. mean even if you yeah. have the most perfect cellar in conditions mm-hmm. um you know the except for the most commercialized uh, sterilized wine if you're doing it the way that you know 
Steve's doing it, if you're doing it the way that most small winemakers are doing it, it's a living thing. It's alive in that bottle. It's it's respirating through the cork very slowly, and things die. And, and, and it's so you know it goes to the point where it, sometimes they die. Right. If and John, John, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm thinking. Can we talk about that on the next podcast? Can we talk about natural wine? Absolutely. No okay. problem whatsoever. Oh, so. Just do a drink. Oh, no, look at Sam. Oh, Sam just had a so heart attack. So much to say about natural wine. Yeah. Good and bad. Because um, <laughs> I, I really want to get it out. I think there's a there's a big discussion going on right now with natural wine, and I think it would be I think it'd be fun to talk about. Okay. We shall. Yeah. And uh, well, so you can store wine. You know, if you have a basement in the Midwest, there aren't any basements in California. No, because we have rocks. And mm. uh, you know, so I mean, but I, the ground moves around here. Yeah, too. the ground yeah. moves. You don't want to be disconcerting. Well, I don't know if I had a really good basement. It might be a good shelter, but nonetheless, um, I mean, from, fresh if you had white I used it. to try and keep yeah. uh, keep all this crap downstairs, and we just got too much. I mean, we you know we used to have the those wire wine racks i'd get john one for christmas another one and i'd try and fill it and etc um but you know it, it depends on where you're buying your wine I, uh, I bought wine retail in new york um atlanta dallas uh, chicago a lot um and all of those places you know have a really good representation you can go in and say i'd like to get around a bordeaux and a burgundy and get really good examples of all of them. And, you know, yeah, it's probably going to cost you a little bit, you know, depending on where you are. New York's prices are all higher than Chicago's. Chicago's probably Thank all... Thank God it's great selling wine in New York. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, it, it's just I'm, where I get my stuff... Well, we used to go to, uh, on West 86th Street, La Mirabelle. And before we walked in, I'd, I'd stop and buy, you know, a couple of bottles of Chateau Margaux. That's you know, when I was trying to... Mary Jones, so, so you know, of course, really <laughs> dragging it out. Yeah, yeah, of course, you know. So you that, scallywag. That's when, uh, of course, we you know we kept wine diary. It was she'd write nice change from Margot, something like that. You know, but that was all I drank at the time. That was it. You know, that's all I knew. And then I discovered Margot, Rhone wine, first right? class tickets in British Airways. Right. We're doing something wrong here. Are so we getting uh, paid for this show? Not yet. No. <laughs> not yet. You're not. John is. No, 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 no. I'm asking for this a raise. Me? Uh, yeah, from zero to zero, baby, because it's Doubled. all volunteer. <laughs> Doubled. You know well, where I used to store is. my best wines? I used, So I started collecting in my early 20s, and I couldn't keep them at home, because if I kept them at home, I would come home at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, and we'd start popping really nice wine. So I started giving them to my mom, and she would store them under her bed at her house. Because I knew if I came home at two o'clock in the morning, there's no way I'm calling my mom and telling her, "Yo, mom, can I step by and get your that mom DRC? Can get up for a minute?" <laughs> <laughs> That's not what your mother said last That's night, Trebek. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> well, you know, I tell you, it's interesting. Yeah, I have had friends who also had storage offsite. You know, I mean, they you know you rent a offsite storage. storage. That's storage. what I meant to call it. That sounds much uh, yeah. Fancy. You, had, you had offsite storage. I had offsite storage. Bedroom. But you know, are you, you living at home at the same time? You rent a place no. and it's, it's <laughs> no. Just pop upstairs and reach under the bed. <laughs> it's a little too Hitchcockine for me. So uh, anyway, you can ruin wine by storing it incorrectly. That's the whole idea here. So absolutely, you know, I mean, and don't screw it up. If you're going to buy a nice wine, don't screw it up by storing it wrong. And or just drink it and then order more. Yep. Well, that's a good idea. But and leaving it in the car, especially because I can remember um, 106 degree day in Chicago. 
yeah. Did it make uh, everything? Every cork it, started to pop. Yeah. Did that make a mess in your car? Was it that much poppage? Or just no, just okay. leakage. Okay. That's it. But I also remember ordering, ordering an Imperial from Newton, old man Newton, when he was still there, uh, over in Napa, and it was you know. So, but I ordered them, and they sent them, flew them out. I had to go through three to get one that didn't leak. Well, now that's an Imperial, and that's a lot of money for those guys to go through mm. you know to replace three bottles but um uh, my 50 wine shipping is the most difficult piece yes. of the wine sales equation yeah getting to places affording to get to places figuring out how to figuring deal out. with all the layers of government no but kidding. also just just finding the right boxes that things don't get but you know, backed up and when, destroyed on the way when i was moving back um from france i came over with about maybe 30 40 cases of wine and I put wow them in. seriously <laughs> yeah excellent I was told I, like I couldn't bring wine back into to the U.S., but then the, one of the mover guys in France told me, he says, just label them as kitchen appliances. Nice. So I did. That's a hint to all you there people you go. out there. All, all, you, all you wine smugglers out there. Yeah, yeah, there. So, so we brought in all these kitchen <laughs> appliances in wine boxes, which was quite amazing. But anyway, 40 cases. But it came across in a boat, came across in a container. And uh, you I were rowing in the boat next to it. I was okay. And um, <laughs> keeping an eye on following it. it. it yeah, <laughs> yeah. following his wine. <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny though because I knew the wines very well. I knew the wines from France. Where I was tasting them when they came over here. I let them sit for a, for a couple of weeks, two three weeks before I started tasting them. They had changed. Yeah, they had totally changed. They'd actually aged. Did they the cross boat. the equator coming actually, over? Is that the deal? <laughs> it was aquavit. It changed into like aquavit. <laughs> no, but it actually changed. It had actually aged. It actually with the constant movement in the boat. Yeah, and actually coming across, and I was actually mm, starting. There's to also talk some to some temperature fluctuation. You think there was because it came through the Suez. Because yeah. it came through the Suez, and it was on the way up to um, up to Auckland. It came in through Auckland. But I was actually starting to chat to a couple of people over in France, and they think that uh, wine, when they're coming over on the boat, ages about two to three years. Wow. <laughs> coming over. Oh, wow. Interesting. Very cool. And it's I mean, only on the boat for 10, 12 weeks. I can only get wine imported from France twice a year. I mean, springtime, mm-hmm. when it's nice everywhere, and fall, when it's nice everywhere. They won't ship in the summer, and they no. won't ship in the winter. That's it. Which is fine. Uh, yeah, it's okay with me. So, um, you know, red table wine from France is just is great. I love that stuff. So, and, uh, you, you know, you can get that. I mean, Wally's, um, Melissa, where do you sell in New York? Is there a distributor that you use? So we, we have a distributor in New York, a company called Verity Wine Partners. Do they have retail? They, so no, they're all, they're all wholesale. Okay. You know, they're going and working at, uh, you know, working with, stores and restaurants um the focus in new york for us is definitely uh on the restaurant side the on-premise side um you know it's we're sending over such a small volume that um the best place for us to sell it the best place for new york to sell it is uh, places where there's an opportunity to tell the story the hand sell kind of thing so you know if we're in a wine shop it's smaller wine shops uh there's a great place down the lower east side called discovery wine uh, spot out in Brooklyn called Vine Wine, um, a big place we're in occasionally. Aster Wine, um, that's kind of the wine shop that everybody knows in New York. Um, but really, we focus on we focus on restaurants. I think we're in three or four uh, Michelin starred restaurants in New York right now. So you guys always you. had good placement in New York. Nice yeah. job. Even the, the, when the, it was Katuri too. The Katuri wine in the general. Same, it's the same. It's the same right. rep. Because yeah. and I remember seeing. I'd always see winemaker dinners mm-hmm. with Katuri. 
And at that time, I'm because th- I'm selling the wine at this time, and it's right. like it's like sixteen percent alcohol. We're talking Zins and Carignans, and and I'm thinking, what the hell are they pairing? They're doing winemaker dinners. Like I wanted to see the menus and see what are they pairing those, those were, wines. Those with? were fun dinners. Monster mm-hmm. wines, monster wines, and yeah. monster meals. Yeah, I bet uh, a lot of like you know you think about just unctuousness and and big rich flavors. There's act. My, my uncle does a um, so that's Katuri Winery. My uncle does a dinner every year at a restaurant in. I think it's in the city or it's in the East Bay um, called, I think it's Millennium and it's a vegan restaurant. Yeah, yeah, sure. And they do, so it's all like mushroom based, right? mushroom based dishes, you know, to, yeah. it's something with some earthiness to, to kind of stand up to that, you know, those big yeah, food flavors. Forest floor, yeah, wet exactly, leaves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huh. Well, guys, thanks so much for being we here. We did it again? Yeah, we're, we we're did done. It again. Yeah, we did it again. <laughs> Episode four done. Episode four. Oops. In the can. Oops. So. We did it again. <laughs> <laughs> so we're rapidly approaching June and the holidays. Uh, Memorial Day. It's going to be cr- cranking out Memorial here. Day is a great time for Syrah. I think so. Beautiful. <laughs> Get out, Barbecue everybody. Season. Watch the Indy 500. I myself, Root for McLaren. Uh, uh, Mother's Day coming up. Get on. Yes. Mother's, mother's, mother's Happy Day. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. This weekend, next weekend. What is it? Oh, well, it all depends on when you're listening to the podcast. That's for right, us in real right. life here, it's uh, yeah. this weekend. But and you know, probably been the, last uh, the Warriors will be the world champs by the time you hear the next podcast. Knock on wood. <laughs> there you go. And you're actually <laughs> knocking on wood, which is very good. Not, <laughs> not vinyl. So. Not vinyl. Um Please give us your websites again and how you get your wines. McLarenWine.com. We have a secure website. M-A-C-L-A-R-E-N. Yes. Like the, well, no, actually, not like the race car because that's no. MC, I think. Yeah. Yes, that was the, the Irish side of the clan. Oh, is, that, is, yeah, that, yeah. is there beef yeah. there? Is there Blan- drama? No. no. Okay. <laughs> Just <laughs> cars. Drama. Just, Just cars. No, yes, McLarenWine.com, and uh, you can get the wine there, or come in and visit us in Sonoma. And winery 16600.com. 16, so that's winery, word, 16, word, 600, number, dot Boo. Boo. 16, boo. Uh, and, but also, kind of likewise with Steve, come see us in Sonoma. I mean, you can you can buy some of our wine online. Not everything is available online. Um you know, you can always call or email me, and I, I can send you something if you're really interested. But uh, the best way to find these wines and get out and, here, and we're just across the street. We're across the street from each other, so yeah, I can yeah. send you to, to Steve's. He can send you to, to a my ski place. There's lift between the two of us. We're, we haven't gotten there yet, but we're working on it. Well, City Council is hemming and hawing as usual, and, uh, and, and we have to uh, set up a date for Ed Silla to come out, who owns Radio Misfits Podcast. Right? What? No, oh, man. So he wants to come out and do a show or two with us. Uh, That'd be awesome. Coming up, it sometime in may so I, we've got to get that together that'd so. be good and i will post pictures of all the labels of uh, everything that we were drinking today i i want to let you know john that i was listening to our brothers and sisters on the radio misfits this week so this last week i spent listening Excellent. to the dishing bitches i like those ladies. and the yes. uh and to Artie lang <laughs> who i think um, and friends, is yeah. insane oh, that, yes um we're on the same podcast network as Artie lang, Artie lang yes. awesome. and there's a woman who talks about dreams come um, true uh, uh, Living the dream, <laughs> right? And, and he does. He actually does it from his couch now because he can't even be bothered to sit at a table. So the guy <laughs> set it up so he's on his couch. There's a woman who does like uh, supernatural like experiences. Um, uh, but Minutia Men is, is the one wrong? that I found is the is my favorite now. Is 
the minutia men. Well, and, and they just talk about all kinds of random stuff. Minutia. And Kevin uh, Matthews, who does our intro, and Paul Bernard, who does our announcement. Um, good old friends. Uh, Kevin, announcer at, uh, wow, was it WXR? No, it wasn't XRT. Sorry about this, Kevin. Uh, but anyway, I mean, quite frankly, you know, these guys I've known for a long, long, long time. So this is really cool that we're on, on the network and. Uh, thank you for listening and, and happy to be in Chicago and, yeah. and all over the United States and the world. Perfect. Broadcasting so. everywhere, live from Sonoma. Thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> we will see you next week, and we are the winemakers. All right. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you.